James Mullinger is here, stand-up comedian, author, and uh, seemingly all-around nice guy. This is the first time I've met you, but it's nice to meet you. Likewise. This is a joy. Okay, so the name of the tour is 10 Years in Canada. That's the length of time you've been living here? It is indeed, yeah. But I heard you got married here like 18 years ago. Exactly. My wife's uh, Canadian, and uh, she's from New Brunswick. She was living in London. We met in London, and we lived there together for 14 years. So, yes, when we got married, it was very much a decision of, like... Where's a middle ground for London and New Brunswick? And I guess part of it's that, but then also it kind of helps kind of weed out the people that you don't really want there. It kind of helps keep the guest list down. Who really wants to be there? Because basically everyone has to travel. So you are living in New Brunswick now? Yes, indeed. Okay. Now, I don't want to talk down New Brunswick. It's a lovely place. But to go from an international capital like London to live on the Canadian East Coast uh, must have required some adjustment. It did. I mean, there was obviously changes, but I think for us, we were both very much ready for a change and we were both you know somewhat burnt out in London on paper had great lives she had a great job working for Monocle magazine I was working for GQ magazine performing stand-up most nights but we were pregnant with our second child and there was really no quality of life my GQ salary basically covered childcare, so I'm basically working for free to pay a stranger to be with the people I want to be with most so we 10 years ago sat in the garden and made this and when I say garden I of course mean you know shoebox size grass of concrete, yeah. yes, grotto. And we realized that we would never have a garden. And, and, and my wife said to me, she said, in 10 years, nothing will change if, if we don't do something drastic now. And we kind of toyed with Toronto and New York and all seemed like sideways steps. And in the end, we, we opted for New Brunswick based on a quality of life, but also I don't know where this belief came from, but it's proved uh, fortuitous, but, but that we had a belief that if you're good at what you do, you can do it anywhere. And especially, obviously, if you're in a job like mine where you're touring all the time, what if you're away from home all the time, why base your family in the most expensive crime-ridden city in the world when you can be in a beautiful place, surrounded with nature, sense of community, and waterside mansions that cost 79 cents? I mean, what's not to love? So, how have you found life in New Brunswick? Amazing. And um, there's been so many surprises because, you know, we certainly knew what we were going in for in so far as, you know, as I say, quality of life, and we knew that there would be this, you know, all of the beauty and things that's there. But um, I don't, I think I thought that I would be, for example, on the road the entire time. And sure enough, people said to me, they said, oh, there's no comedy scene in New Brunswick. You can't make a living doing that there. Which I found slightly odd, because you wouldn't say to a plumber, don't go to this province. There's no plumbers there. If there's no plumbers, there's a lot of toilets that need unblocking. So <laughs> I uh, I guess I see myself as a toilet unblocker of comedy in New Brunswick. So conversely, what kind of what has played out is that I would say I'm busier in Atlantic Canada than anywhere else in the country or indeed in the world. And um, that could be a combination of obviously theatre shows, touring, also corporate gigs. I mean, the East Coast is, is one of the most beautiful places in the world, in my opinion. And as a result, conferences, both national and international, are coming there all the time. So, um, you know, if you want the, if, if you arrive in town or, or you're booking a conference for next year and you, you want the list of local talent, the, the, the list of comedians is quite short, unlike, for example, here where I imagine the list would be in, in the thousands. Um, so all of those reasons, but I mean, I, I absolutely love it. And uh, yeah, 10 years in, can safely say it was the best decision we ever made. Canadians can sometimes have the feeling that we're specimens. So do you find people inquiring, especially because you're a comedian? What do you think of us? You, 
yes, I mean, I mean, uh, definitely. And I think for, for a comedian moving to a, a place where it isn't your home and it's very different to your home is a dream. I mean, to to be a fish out of water is the name of the game. And uh, and noticing things. And really, I mean, in the UK, I'm just another boring white male middle class comic. And you walk out on stage, and people you know, people look at me, and they're like, "Oh, great, here's another one." But he's got interesting things to say about <laughs> his wife and drinking and his kids. And yet, suddenly, to be in a place where I can kind of hold a mirror up to what I see here. And the other thing is, I mean, Canadians have an incredible sense of humor. So I mean, touring this country is such a joy. People are not looking uh, for things to be kind of uh, offended about or annoyed about. And of course, I mean, they know whenever I'm kind of, you know, making jokes about the, the town or city or, or in the province that they live in, uh, that it's all infused with a love of the place. Now, I told you before we started talking that I'm not familiar with your work. Sure. So <laughs> tell me about your your style, your topics, your... Uh, uh, do you have a shtick? The shtick now, if... I guess uh, someone that wanted to be critical of Mac would say that it's for, it, it would be you know uh, observational or kind of you know things are like that here, things are like that here. Um, I guess I would say that my my act has always evolved. I mean, I've been doing stand up now for close to twenty years, and you know when I started out in my mid twenties, you know it was probably all about sex and drinking, and then in my thirties it was probably all about getting married and and having kids. And, and as you rightly point out, it's quite amazing where we're sitting is actually meters away from uh, a terrace that I got married here in Toronto in t- 2006 and I would say now my act is, is very much about being someone who's m- moved to a place that isn't their home but also everything that's going on in my life so I mean it could literally be I mean right now this this tour show uh, I was diagnosed with ADHD last year which anyone listening or indeed you looking at me now would not be surprised to, to hear uh, it was it was a surprise to me no one told me it was, it was, now when I told people I just thought you were enthusiastic right well I guess I, I, I am and that's kind of what I thought and I guess the, the combination of that with uh, ADHD, but it's funny telling people now, it's a very strange process because everyone bursts out laughing and they're like, yeah, we thought you knew. And yeah, look, have you seen you? And so that kind of forms part of the part of the show. So it's always been about what's happening in my life. I mean, I mean, last year, we had a hernia operation, suddenly 10 minutes on that, you know, year before vasectomy, 10 minutes on that. So really, uh, it, it's always and been... surgery alone. Yeah, that's surgery alone, exactly, yeah. I can make a career out of just doing material on the surgeries I've had so and then equally I mean there's, there's a there's a closing routine in my tour show where I kind of look back on a on a moment I found myself singing um, a, a karaoke uh, to Paul McCartney I mean so I, crazy things happen to me and and I, I talk about them on stage so really um, I guess you know to answer your question in a very very uh, short form way observational would be the key but it's also I would say uh, highly personal and um, and really nothing's off limits I will I'll open up my soul and uh, and I did a tour show a few, about 10 years ago in England that was named after a, a review I got in the Guardian a newspaper where they called me a man with no shame. So I thought that's a good name for a tour. So I call the next tour the man with no shame. So that's really what I do. I, I, I will do anything to, uh, to give the audience something to, to, to laugh at. Uh, nothing, nothing is too humiliating for me. Wow, I had a review once that said I was unremarkable, but I don't think I'm going to use that <laughs> as a title for anything. <laughs> that's, that's, a, that's a great name for an album. Unremarkable, I yeah. like it. <laughs> so, uh, when did this all start for you? 
Were you somebody who grew up wanting to be on the stage, or you just did it by accident one day? Or yeah, I mean, I definitely, I definitely grew up wanting to do it. It was one hundred percent like a, a childhood dream. It was, wasn't something I ever imagined I would do because I mean, I wasn't remotely outgoing as a child. I wasn't, um, I wasn't, well, I wasn't academic or athletic, or and I didn't didn't have any friends. I was what my parents recently, I think, jokingly described as a triple bill of failure for them. Because <laughs> you know, normally, if your child is an academic, well, maybe they're good on the sports field or vice versa. I, I had none of it going on. And, and I became obsessed with, with stand-up comedy because it cheered me up and then started reading books by comedians. And it, it, I found it fascinating that these people did this incredible job that, that I just couldn't get my head around where they would make you know thousands of people laugh, act like it was the most natural thing in the world. But meanwhile, when I read their books by them, they seemed to be oddballs like I was. And, and that kind of dichotomy I found fascinating. And I, I at that point started to kind of toy with the idea that I would love to do this thing even while you know I wasn't like the, the, the class clown I wasn't on stage for the for the school um, theatrical productions and and waited many many years and interestingly it was actually a trip to um St. John, New Brunswick, in 2004 that finally gave me the um, the impetus to do it. And it was basically, I mean, who knew a, a visit to a dinner theatre on Water Street in St. John can change your life. But we were just visiting my wife's parents, still living in London, still very much in the rat race, still incredibly burnt out. It was pretty much exactly 10 years bef- before we moved to New Brunswick. And I remember going to this dinner theatre and seeing these performers on stage and their, 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 you know, their kids and their uh, t- teenagers and 20 something's in there whatever their lives were like during the day at night they were the stars of the stage and I thought and I was so jealous of them looking at them thinking and, and, and of course not least the fact that how are they doing this they're making us laugh sing dance and getting the fries to us while they're still warm yeah. and keeping the vehicle that is I mean that is a real skill hats off to all nowadays I just have to worry about making the audience laugh uh, the dinner theatre performers are, are geniuses and I watched this and was and I thought how can I be jealous of them when I'm not even trying myself to do it like I'm a bit like the lottery the person that, that complains they never win the lottery but refuses to buy a ticket I thought you've got to be in it to win it so got back to London and made it a vow to do my first open spot and, and the, the, the the journey was the same as most was was terrible for many years got booed off stage many nights and uh, and luckily that's uh, turned into plenty of good stories thanks a lot for this no thank you this is a joy I appreciate it <laughs>